0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 84 of the Chirps podcast from Birds on the Black. I am Alex Chrisofoli. I am lead host this evening because Tara Wellman is out, but I am joined by the uh, incomparable Kyle (laughs) Reese. I think most of you know Kyle Reese. Uh, He is gracing us with uh, his presence and... uh, who better to talk to at a time when we're about to embark on a total freak show of a season? Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone else can break it down better than than this guest. So, Kyle, how are you?
1: I'm like Beetlejuice. If you say freak show three times in a row, I just appear.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I mean, that's what this is, right? Like At first,
0: I was kind of of the thought, like, this shouldn't happen. It just seems like a bad idea. There's a part of me that still sort of feels that way, but now I'm just sort of leaning into, let's just get weird. Let's just have the weirdest 60-game season possible and have it look like no other season in our lifetimes. And I mean that going forward as well. I don't ever want to see this again. But for this one distilled moment, I want it to just be the most messed up, weird thing we could ever possibly see.
1: Yeah, let's have some fun with it. Uh, there's always a chance that we don't even get to 60 games, and <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would have, I would have to think like Vegas has like an over under on how many games uh, will actually be played. Is that a thing people are wagering on? Oh my god, I'm I'm looking up Bavada right now. I didn't even think about it. Usually, my brother Michael will send me Bavada information like that. Like, uh, but no, I haven't heard anything. I, I'm I'm going to try to find it right now. All right, I'm not a Vegas person. Tell me what Bavada is. Oh, it's just an online betting service.
0: Okay, and you can bet on things as ridiculous as what
1: I just mentioned? Yeah, they have a lot of prop bets and things like that. To be honest, I am not a wagerer, uh, but my brother Michael okay. likes to give a give a little taste here and there. And whenever he uh-huh. finds something interesting, uh, you know, interesting prop bet here or there, he'll send it my way just out of like total, you know, uh, let's play at home kind of thing.
0: Okay, what, what sort of bets do they have? with regard to baseball because baseball always seems like the worst sport to bet on. Yeah. Just I, at least in terms of like
1: actual score. Well, um, you so and I, you and, know, and
0: who's going to win just because of the variance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so they have that from like a prop bet standpoint usually Bovada has like at the beginning of the year you can bet who the MVP is going to be, who the Cy Young's going to be, uh you could bet who is going to lead the league in home runs, who uh you know and you can pick division winners, you can pick, you know, and they have odds for all that stuff. So it's yeah. It's usually stuff like that, but you you know on a season like this I would not and of course now my computer is completely telling me that a web page is slowing down your browser. Uh, that's never <laughs> a good sign. So uh, I, I'm I'm having no luck on Bavada currently. But yeah, usually they have all kinds of stuff. Huh.
0: That is that's interesting. I I want to ask you a quick question or, about this mm. upcoming season to provide me with some perspective. So there's three things I enjoy following with the current incarnation of the Cardinals. The first is the fact that they have not had a losing season since 2007. uh, And before that, since 1999, the second is that they haven't had a last place finish since 1990. And before that 1918, which is incredible. And third is that they have not finished below the pirates since 1999. (laughs) And that's the longest such streak in baseball. And it's one of my, favorite things uh, currently happening if any of those three things or if all of those three three things were to happen this season
1: do we have to count it I, I would say if all three things happen then we absolutely <laughs> do not count it I, I think this step is you know what if those three things happen then this is not a real season uh, and and then we all just pretend like it never happened yo I- you've got a gr- that's a great starting point and I think that we should all abide by it
0: well I guess if if the Cardinals were to finish in last, then you assume then the other things happen as well, right? Like you don't have to say, "Well, yeah. well," you know, because obviously they finished in last. They're finished behind the Pirates, so they finish in last. They're probably going to finish below five hundred. But yeah, I'm just bracing myself for getting angry at things that happened to the Cardinals that would not have happened in a normal 162 game season is. Is this the way I should be approaching this season, or should I just be uh, not worrying about that stuff? Yeah,
1: I, I think everyone should approach it however they want. Uh, <laughs> and Because to your point, like, let's get weird, but I, I'm with you. The, you, because you've brought up uh, on Chirps here and, you know, on Twitter, you've brought up the Pirates thing. That, that one is starting to, like... Reside deep in my heart. I, I can. <laughs> I cannot have that. Like I'm not ready for that. I don't want that. And that one will actually hurt if it comes to pass that way. Right. Uh, but, but I think it's to each their own. You know, uh, people are going. In my opinion, I'm, I'm sure we'll see a bunch of people say that this season doesn't count. Um, for me, because of the circumstances and the situation, it almost has like more weight, even though it's 60 games instead of 162. It's a whole different process with a whole different set of. Uh, uh, you know, obstacles, and it, it means more to me. But I, to, just like with everything else, you know, uh, to each their own. But to me, it it's going to carry a, a full season weight. Uh, and each game because of the weight of each individual game, game in and game out in, in such a condensed schedule, uh, it, it's to me everything's going to feel more impactful. I I think you brought it broke it down a couple chirps ago where you said like each game counts as like two point seven of a regular season and to to me, just like that's that's a whole lot of power in one game, right, and
0: shopaw, I think broke it down to the, basically compared it to like one game is definitely is basically a series, so if you lose a game, you can just consider that basically being swept in a whole oh. series <laughs> I know and and uh th- that kind of reminds me. I don't know if you subscribe to Sheehan's newsletter. It's one of the things I really feel is a really worthwhile for your money, even though, uh, you know, I like Sheehan. Other people do not like Sheehan as much as I do because he can be kind of a grump sometimes, but I think he recognizes that. But he brought up an interesting point, which is that, and this was a couple of newsletters ago, if you look at the schedule, if you didn't know... You know, if you were just looking at the schedule, not thinking about all the other things, it would basically look like a normal schedule in that there are three game series and then, you know, you're moving on to the next team or the next city or whatever. He brought up the idea look, you're already doing all these other crazy things. You want to limit travel as much as possible. Why not have like five game series? Yeah. So you're not traveling as much. Um, and I thought that would have been a really interesting idea and also kind of gave cre- give a little more credence to the idea that they are taking this seriously in terms of trying to limit the exposure that the players could have with, I guess, the outside world. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know if we need to discuss this because obviously it's not
1: happening. But wouldn't that have been a better idea?
0: I mean, you, you're already having a crazy season anyway.
1: That was one of the initial, um, I guess, rumors when they started talking about a condensed schedule was that uh, we would see five game Series and I'm I'm with you and uh, Mr. Sheehan brings up a great point. I, I I think that's the way to do it. I think it would have limited travel. I think you could can yeah. I I'm surprised they aren't doing it, and I think it's a missed opportunity. And anything that might prevent us from having a a long a, a sixty game season, it you know, and when you're traveling a little extra, that could be something that prevents you from having. a the full 60 game season. So I think Mr. Sheehan's onto something and I, I don't know why they didn't discuss it. Maybe, uh, I, who knows, maybe it's hotel accommodations. I Who, I, I don't know, but yeah, that's, I would have liked to have seen that for sure. It, with, with the 60 game schedule, I am all about the weird Alex. I, I, I want, I want to see not crazy stuff. You know, I want baseball, uh, the pure essence of baseball, but, I'm definitely on board for seeing some things that uh, we might not otherwise have seen. I, I did find two interesting prop bets while while we were talking. <laughs> All right, let's hear them. So, uh, two that you can bet on through Bovada are, I think Bovada. I'm not sure, but will a player you can actually bet on if a player will hit 400 or better? Uh, that's for for every hundred dollars you spend. If uh, if you, if you uh, for every I believe for every hundred you spend. Uh, if you say yes, you win 500, uh, and in reverse, uh, I, I'm terrible at betting. this is why I don't bet, but uh, the line for, if you, if you bet no is negative 700 and the line for yes is plus 500. Um, so there's one, do you now? So I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you. Do you think somebody's going to hit 400 or better? Absolutely not. I don't either. either. Absolutely
0: not. I I think a, a couple of things on that, um, one, uh I, I don't know if you saw a couple of weeks ago, but Craig Edwards wrote something that totally blew my mind, which is the fact that only one player since 2010, and it was in the year 2010, has batted above three fifty. Um wow. for an for an entire season. Um and uh and that was uh uh Hamilton. Um uh, Josh, Josh got, Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, gosh, Josh Hamilton. Um in, in two thousand ten with the Rangers. That's wild. And I I was curious because I remember it was Cody Bellinger last year that got off to like a just smoking start last year, right? With the Dodgers. So I was curious what he was batting after like 60 games. And I even like gave him a few days off. So I I looked at like his first 58 games that he actually played in. And by then his average was already at like 370 or something like that. Um, or, Or well below 400 to the point that you know he's not going to raise it back above 400. It's just like – it's not an easy thing to do. I'm sure somewhere out there someone has already written the article where somewhat recently someone did a 60-game stretch, clearly over 400. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, – um, Gosh, my my brain is fried right now. I'll explain why that happened later. Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, The Brewers player, uh, blah, 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 who had the... Christian uh, Yelich? Of course. Christian. How could I not remember Christian Yelich's (laughs) name? Um, Christian Yelich finished 2018 on just that crazy torrid pace, but I don't know if he finished his last 60 games above 500. I mean, excuse me, above 400. It would surprise me if he did. Um, On the other hand, did you see the stats that... Fangraphs broke it down basically showing the best like, 60 game. I don't know if it was a start to the season or just a stretch. or I think it was just a stretch in any season. And George Brett's numbers back in 1980, did you see that today? No, I did not. I, I missed it. I had a busy work day. I, I missed okay.
1: everything today.
0: Well, apparently back in 1980, and I believe this was the year George Brett actually batted um, 390 in like oh. 120 games, but over a 60 game stretch he batted I don't have it in front of me but he batted like 480 or something that and he is was wild and he was like a 6.5 win player over like a 60 game stretch or or just something something totally crazy so it's not impossible wow i don't see it happening if if it was 15 years ago i would have a little more pause but just with the way the game is played now i don't see it happening
1: I don't either. I know some people have talked about being uh, believing that the ball is going to be super juiced because of the short season, and you know, trying to get eyes on the sport. And I, personally, I think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, anything could happen that way. But even a juice ball, you're talking about maybe a maybe home runs instead of uh, a 400 average. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I would definitely take the no there. Uh, and, and speaking of home runs and prop bets, the other like interesting fun prop bet that I saw. Is most home runs in a season, uh over tw- the numbers 20 and a half, and over is negative 150, and under is plus 120. Uh so more money being put on the over 20 and a half uh than than the under 20 and a half. Do you think somebody's going to hit more than 20 home runs this year? I'm gonna say yes. I do. Ooh. Um
0: Maybe that's crazy. Uh, all no. right, so let's think here. I'm trying to think what 20.5 would be over a 162-game season. Like, like, if you were to homer in, in uh, every third game in a 162-game se- season, you'd end with 54 home runs. Mm-hmm. But this is less than that. This is... Huh. <laughs> what what's well, like wait oh no what's 20.5 20. times 2.7 i guess that's the well, or what's 21 times 2.7 i guess that would be the answer um that's a I, I think a shit ton of home runs <laughs> is what it is uh, uh, um so yeah that's a lot of home runs yeah I,
1: yeah i would probably say
0: no but if i had to choose between this and 400 i'm taking this every day of the week
1: yeah i'm with you uh, i'm with you i uh i agree um but and especially if there is a chance that the balls are juiced because if the balls are juiced and we could see some some crazy production numbers this year um especially if they're juiced like they were leading into the the world series last year or into the uh the playoffs last year if, if they were indeed juiced but who knows i'm i don't know i'm i'm really dumb i don't say it enough i don't think
0: well this reminded me of uh I think what Sheehan wrote in his newsletter today which is basically that um he wants to see uh like he, he was imagining DeGrom winning the Cy Young with like an 0 and 4
1: record. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that, that poor <laughs> guy. Have,
0: like I feel like a 1.35 ERA, yeah, 0 and 4 but still have like 100, you know, 20 strikeouts <laughs> or or something like that yeah. and just because he's on the Mets he doesn't have a single win. Like that would be I would I I would be uh, rooting hard for that,
1: for uh, just something ridiculous to that, happen and, like that. And I'm with you. That's where I'm at. Yeah, like Degrom, he ends up not allowing more than one earned run in any of his starts. Uh, like you said, gets completely blanked out of wins, uh, has less than a one ERA <laughs> somehow. And it, like, yeah, like I, that's what I want to see. I want to see somebody random win the batting title. I, you know. I, I know that that might not be a pure season for some people, but to me that makes it more exciting. You know, I want to see uh, 2001 Chris Shelton uh, for the first baseman for the Detroit Tigers or whatever year that was. I don't even remember anymore, 2006, 2007, but that, that rookie first baseman for the Detroit Tigers who blew up April and then was like down in the, mi- had like 20 home runs in April and then was down in the minors by June. <laughs> like, I want to see, I want to see that. Like, that's that's what I want out of this season. And again, I, I want to see Paul Goldschmidt be Paul Goldschmidt and and Mike Trout be Mike Trout and you know the best version of all of of your your household names uh, for all for all baseball fans, but I also want to see something a little more wild from this this shortened pandemic-induced season. So I'm with you there completely.
0: Well, let me ask you this because I said something either last episode or the or a couple weeks ago that as I was saying it, I was like, "This might be really stupid," um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, my argument was that the players are going to be going into this season with the mentality that, "Hey, this is a sixty-game season. We are playing sixty games. We are not saving ourselves, um, you know, for a hundred sixty-two-game season. Each game matters a little bit more." Um, that and you know, there's gonna be balanced scheduling at least within divisions. Um, this is not like a 60 game stretch where a team does really well, but they're playing a completely different, you know, schedule from their division mates um, over those 60 games during a 100 se- uh, 162 game season. So, I kind of said, like, even in a sport that has the variance of baseball. I think there's still a good chance the best teams will still emerge during a 60 game season because that's what best teams do during any season. And you yeah. watch, you watch a lot more baseball than I do at levels lower than MLB where they don't play as many games. Um, now they still play a lot more than 60, but I mean, how many
1: games do they play in college? Oh Jesus. It's about the same. Uh, um uh, yeah, right about – you know, I don't even know. I'm embarrassed by that. And it, it gets a little bit more convoluted. Uh, three – yeah, it's like it's between 40 and 60 games, I believe, depending on how deep you – 40 and 70 games, depending on how deep you go into the College World Series. Well,
0: would it be fair to say that the best team, the best teams are usually there at the end in the College World Series? And then I yeah. guess the follow-up question of that would be, even if that's the case, is this still a dumb thing to say? Because that's college and we're talking about MLB, where the athletes are – that much better, and they're all there's much little difference between like the best and uh just okay guys.
1: No, no, and that's uh, that was part of the reason n- not to jump the chirps of the week, but one of the reasons why I was I'm pretty specific about um what what the chirp of the week is going to be. And, and my reasoning is, uh, you know, we've seen the breakdown of the first 60 games of a season and some of the best first 60 games of a season, and we've seen uh, the breakdown of each like people have written about each team's like best sixty game stretches uh, in in their team's history, and you know the, there are two things that come with both of those. Like you don't know what the schedule is necessarily going to be uh, when you're talking about just picking a random sixty game set that is the best the best sixty game set. You don't know what the rosters of those teams are going to be. Uh, uh, and then when you're talking about the first 60 the thing that gets lost in the first 60 is even with teams like the St. Louis Cardinals and the New York Yankees and uh, 120 win Seattle Mariners from 2001 th- those first 60 games in major league baseball uh, there's a lot of experimenting going on there's a lot of trusting your guys so that's you know that's part of the reason why the Washington Nationals were so bad over the first 60 games last year you know one of the one of the narratives that's been pushed is when when uh before they had agreed on the 60 games before it was implemented one of the things that we heard a lot was the Washington Nationals uh if we kept the normal playoffs the Nationals wouldn't even be in the playoff picture uh and here they are winning the world series like that's impure baseball going from 60 games to 162 cuz that's the difference in baseball and my point there is you're you're talking about the first 60 games of the season not the last 60 games of the season and i think just the very nature of of the last 60 games of the season and everyone's starting uh, on equal footing, mm-hmm. it, it, I think that that lends credence to uh, what you're saying. I, I really do believe that, you know, we're going to see the best teams rise up pretty quickly, but I, I think with that, with with everyone being on equal footing, you know, one hundred and two games into the season, because that's what's going on. We're not talking about starting at game one and going to game sixty. We're starting at game, you know, uh, we're starting after game one hundred and two and going to game one hundred and sixty-two. Here, I think that you are going to see a competitive side potentially uh, to some of those like mid-tier teams that might actually make them one of the best teams in this sixty-game season, and that's really interesting to me. Uh, and, and not to ramble on, but like the White Sox are a team where I don't necessarily know if over 162 games they'd be able to, you know, find their way to a wild card spot. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's a team that in 60 games with having youth and um, veterans that they have that that mix, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a team that wins the AL Central and. I think like that's what you're talking about. I don't think you're going to see anything crazy like the Marlins winning the, the National League East. I don't think you're going to see uh, – the. I mean, anything could happen in the West, especially. But I don't think you're going to see the Rockies win the West. I don't think you're going to see the Pirates win the Central. But I think what this does is it gives some chance, like the chance, especially for younger, talented teams um, with, with veteran uh, impact – it gives them a chance to maybe be competitive pretty quickly, depending on what kind of culture is created immediately. So I'm with you. I I think that there's definitely some truth to, you know, when we look at it, the the best teams are going to be there headed into the playoffs with maybe a couple surprises from those mid-tier teams uh, when it gets to playoff time.
0: Yeah, that was what you just said was basically Ben Godar's point a couple weeks ago where he said this is basically just a pennant race. Only all 30 teams are involved. Yeah, you know, because it's the final 2 months of the season basically and every team is starting at 500 uh <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I I think it could be very interesting. I'm you know I know there's been a few years during the Dodgers um you know, run that they've been on since 2013, where they've gotten off to a, a slower start than you would expect from a team that is as talented as they are. But by the time the season's over, it has corrected themselves and it has corrected itself. And they are in first where they belong. Um, but that said, I would still be surprised if the season ends and the Dodgers are like 31 and 29, I think you're yeah. going to see like a team like the Dodgers win like 39 games or, or something like that. Um, and speaking of other teams, do we know what the Blue Jays situation is <laughs> yet? Yeah. Has that no. been? I, I was offline basically all day today. Like, has that been resolved or?
1: Yeah, honestly, Alex, same here. The last that I saw is, I think um, uh, the GM for the the Pittsburgh Pirates said that they're trying to be a part of the answer and not the solution uh, in helping to find Toronto a spot to play. So I get the impression that all signs point to the Blue Jays. Playing uh, in Pittsburgh, but I I don't know for sure. I haven't so seen.
0: Why wouldn't they play in New York, where I, they're already yeah. going to be playing two of those teams regularly
1: anyway? So right? I know I know one of the issues is scheduling. Okay, because um you know there's already been game time scheduled and all of that stuff. Yeah, and, and I think that that's one of the issues. Now you're right. You've got two stadiums there. Um, you think you'd be able to to make it work. But my guess would be that the scheduling is the main issue.
0: What is stopping them from just playing at any ballpark? Is it the technology that is not um, – the infrastructure isn't there to handle like replay and certain things
1: like that? Or what's the deal there? I know that uh, uh, J.J. Uh, uh, Bailey – Right, JJ. God, I'm. I'm. I, you talk about we're both. We are both just a mess right now. Uh, for for Baseball America, he wrote that one of the rules and regulations has to do with like the lighting at minor league parks, uh, which is easy enough. Like you can bring in tower lightings, and they'd find a way around mm-hmm. it. But I'm sure that there's little things like that. I, I think what makes it, uh, when well, you know, we're talking about smaller parks, uh, you know, minor league parks, college parks, things like that. But I, I think that what makes it impossible for them to like. All right, we can play at Yankee Stadium, and then you know, other than the travel purposes, if if it came down to that, is just uh, the safety protocols and it, you know the safety protocols that need to be followed. And I, I'm not 100 percent sure that like other minor league parks would be able to accommodate some of the the safety issues um, that you know for COVID, some of the screening issues uh, that Major League Baseball. I, that, and that's a total guess. That is a total yeah. guess. I, I'm that like makes you, I sense. Of, yeah, but I'm sure that that's part of it. Well, it's kind of a shame, I think, because it's
0: going to be, at least for me, it's going to take a while to get used to watching games without a crowd. And one of the things that makes it so weird is they're playing in 45,000 capacity uh, stadiums. It probably, probably wouldn't feel so weird if they were playing in like, you know, where they do that, literally, uh, you know, when they play yeah. this weekend, when they, you know, if they're playing at that stadium with, with no fans, it probably wouldn't feel that weird. As opposed to someone hitting a foul ball at Yankee Stadium into just a
1: swath of empty seats. Yeah, I'm with you, and I'd like to, I'd also like to see them do what the the A's are doing and just get some cardboard cutouts and have some fun with it.
0: Yeah, I I like that idea a lot. Hmm. Um, the A's actually uh, doing something. Uh, well, no, the A's are always doing. Things that are fun because they have to do things that are fun because uh, I don't know. I, I feel There's, like their state their stadium forces yeah. them to be quirky because uh, I don't know. Yeah, because it backs up with sewage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously that's unfortunate. Um, no, no one wants to play in a stadium that has sewage coming into the dugout. That said, um, it's still a place where Major League Baseball players are playing. The yeah. seats work you can sit down you can as i understand you can get a beer and you can get a hot dog and then you can watch people play baseball like it's so overblown how bad that's i mean to people like you and i we're not the ones who care about the luxury boxes or anything else but when people are like ah that place is a dump i'm like why i don't understand why is it a dump it's it would be a dump if there were not major league baseball teams playing there but the grass is green it looks fine to me i mean the crazy foul territory is a little weird but
1: <laughs> i don't i don't, I don't have any other than the sewage thing which is incredible <laughs> to me you know i've never been in there so i uh it's probably not fair for me to have i've never been there either of, yeah so i yeah. just think
0: we're, we've gone too far with calling stadiums dumps like i don't know what stadiums need to look like now uh, uh that they all have to be these new sort of stadiums um
1: yeah i'm with you i say we bulldoze the new bush and we put up an exact replica even with uh, the falling ceilings of bush Two. that's uh, that's my belief i'm with you if that's the point you're trying to make come in you know what laugh all you want kyle if bush Two was and I, I
0: like to just call it bush or old bush but yeah me too whatever if that was standing today it would be a relic. I mean, they would have had to have done certain, they probably would have had to maybe remove the center field wall to get a little air going <laughs> in there. You know, like uh, that was the problem, right? It had no ventilation almost. Uh, it just trapped the heat. But if that was like the last of the cookie cutter standing, and it was always the best of the cookie cutters anyway, yep. it had some character for a cookie cutter. I think people would slowly start to talk about that stadium the way we talk about Dodger stadium now, because 20 years ago, People didn't go on and on about Dodger Stadium. It was only until they tore down kind of like those older stadiums that were built like in the next phase after the Wrigley's and the Fenway's, like the stadiums that were built in like the 50s. It was only after they started tearing those down where people started looking at Dodger Stadium and being like, you know what? That's a pretty awesome ballpark. And I'm, I think the same thing would happen to Bush.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, and I would love that. I, and I say I, I love old bush with every ounce of my being I, I, you know, I was before they tore that thing down. I mean, you know, within the year of them tearing that thing down within six months of tearing that thing down, uh, all those areas that they, you know, told us that uh, it needed to get torn down because of, you know, the piping, the more than likely asbestos laden areas. (laughs) Uh, Like I'm not kidding that if they said right now that they were going to demolish the new bush, and put up a replica of the the 2005 version, uh, the last day that it, it held baseball. I would be the happiest human being on earth. Uh, it, again, with with the asbestos, with <laughs> uh, the the no airflow, with the sun beating down on you, uh, incredibly hard and hot for the first you know 45 minutes of the game or whatever. I would be the happiest person. I I, I you make every convincing argument there about how we would view it i think that everyone would love to play there i I think that it held noise better i think that like i i love that stadium it was and it was the best of you nailed it there it was the best of all the cookie cutters so i i am with you let's do this how do we get Uh, is there a petition we can get going around or something i guess it seems like a pretty tall order i guess (laughs) (laughs) um i i
0: will say so i went to old bush very first time in 1987 Uh, It was actually the seat cushion game against the Mets. And um, now there are other reasons for this, not just the fact that there's a new stadium, the the fact that, you know, baseball games cost a lot more now um, back then, you know, it felt like a more of a blue collar working class crowd, but the way the stadium would be totally amped and into the game was unlike what it's like, what it is now. Yep. Uh, People would be going crazy uh, and packed like the whole, even before they put in the, the stuff in center field, um, you know, the center field, uh, stands when they put up all the, uh, like flags and stuff. And that, and that scoreboard, which actually looked really nice by the way. Um, yeah. but even before they put that up, like the place would just be packed, um, and going crazy. And yeah, it was totally awesome. You're right. That would be very, very cool. Probably not going to happen. So I think no. we're stuck with just our, our memories. Um, we're doing a short episode tonight, so we're gonna get on to the chirp of the week soon. But before we do that, I do want to ask you actually a quick relevant question. Um, to to inter- the season, I'm not interested. At hand. I'm not interested at all. <laughs> well, I'm gonna make you answer it. I'm gonna make you interested because um, I I certainly can't talk with any knowledge on this. Um, real quick, it came out that. KK is gonna be in the bullpen maybe even our closer and Carlos Martinez in the rotation any thoughts on that anything you can tell us about KK I know he's hard guy to know because mm. of you know where he played before this but do you have any
1: anything on that yeah I uh, there was some information that came out last night where people said that he has closed in the KBO that's not really something that he ever did um you know he, he's a couple years removed from Tommy John surgery he uh, he's looked filthy in the inter-squad games. He looked filthy in spring training. He throws two different sliders. He throws a mid to low 90s fastball. All of it sneaks up on both hitters, left-handed and right-handed. Uh, he throws a curveball that he kind of changes his mechanics for and kind of tips, which is a concern. Uh, but the, the, the lasting impression that I have of, of Mr. Kim is uh, one of the last things we heard from Josh Donaldson during spring training was you know a right-handed hitter trying to pick up a left-handed pitcher and, and Josh Donaldson said uh he couldn't pick up the ball at all out of Kim's hands now that bodes well I I like the idea of experience at the back end of the bullpen even if it's not closing experience you know that guy's mm-hmm. pitched forever now at this point uh he is filthy he is nasty he is deceptive he's hard on lefties and righties and uh to be honest like the most important thing for me, and before I get to that, I'm happy with him closing. I'm happy he's going to play a prominent role. I'm sure it's all fluid. I'm sure, especially with this cautious as they're going to be with pitchers, uh, and we focused on starters, but I think we're going to be a little bit cautious with the relievers too, that it might be a little bit more fluid of a closing situation than maybe we're all being led to believe. Uh, but the most important thing for me in regards to the St. Louis Cardinals bullpen is how fast Giovanni Gallegos, who has only been with the team since Sunday, I believe, uh, can get up to speed uh, and ready for the season because he's the most important person in the bullpen in his role. Uh, if if his role is what it was in 2019, and if he's as effective as he was in 2019, I the closer is important. I, I think I don't think it's as important as it was uh, to most people in like 2004. I don't think it's Uh, as unimportant as some people make it out to be now. But uh, to me, the most important thing for that bullpen is, you know, uh, is, is Giovanni Gallego is going to be ready to be the fireman for whatever situation that is. And they said, he's been throwing. They said, he's healthy. They say, he's ready to go. He says, he's ready to go. At least the Cardinals haven't said he's ready to go. Uh, And to me, that's just as important uh, as um, uh, who they name the closer, but yeah, th- those are like the lasting impressions with with uh, Mr. Kim to me. And I- I'm anxious to see what happened. Like uh, we-, we talked at the beginning of the episode. Give me some weird stuff. And I don't think any of us really thought that uh, that Kim would be the closer and he's the closer. And I am I am for it. Let's see what happens. Me, too. I'm
0: also for it. Uh, I can't believe that this is actually happening. I can't believe baseball is allegedly going to be starting in, uh, I guess when people are hearing this tomorrow, tomorrow evening, the Nats and the Yankees. Um, A a neighbor of mine is actually going to be projecting the game on a big uh, film screen on his garage. So I think I might go watch that. Uh, But, yeah, this is actually
1: happening, and I can't believe it. Yeah, even more. What's the craziest thing in all of this is tomorrow there will be a Cardinal baseball game, an exhibition game, but a Cardinal baseball game being played at New Bush that Mike Matheny is managing in, And that is all you need to know about the craziness that we are about to embark on. Well, <laughs> the,
0: the, there are so many things I've forgotten <laughs> I forgot about um, after the shutdown. Um you know, I'd almost totally forgotten about the Astros scandal. That seems yeah. like so long ago when that was leading the news every day. And I'd forgot that Mike Matheny was back. Uh, mm. And I, I was like, all like, you know what? I bet he's, I bet he's going to be better than people think. I think he's um, probably learned a lot from the Cardinals situation. And then you read that quote he had about like not wanting like people, us, the fans, to heal like – to hear like the players cursing. And I'm like, God, Mike, (laughs) (laughs) come on, man. Like like I've, I've bent over backwards to Mm -hmm. like defend him. I think at times uh, when he doesn't need to be defend defended because he doesn't deserve it. And then he always hits you with a quote like that. And you're like,
1: yeah, it might never change for that guy, but we'll see. And I think I think I could be wrong. I only saw some some words on Twitter, but I think he's actually getting in trouble tonight because they they hit George Springer, and I think they might have they might have hit other people. <laughs> and, oh wait! And- so I saw several Astros got hit.
0: That was yeah. that was uh, the Royals doing that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is. That, this is going to be crazy. Uh, like, can you have a – you can't have a bench-clearing brawl right now. No. You just can't. So if you get hit, you just have to take it. You yeah. can't charge them out, right? Like, N- No. Like, under no circumstances can can there be, uh, you know, 50 guys in a big human pile rolling around fighting. Yeah, <laughs> just, you
1: can't, you can't even – you can't even go to like, you can't even like lick your fingers as a pitcher. They've got that moist towel in their back pocket or whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 You can't spit that. I, all of it, like that it's wild. This is wild.
0: (laughs) Oh man. I, I, I'm curious if it's going to be one of those things where like by the fifth game in um, people are going to not, these rules are not going to be being enforced. Um, Like the no licking your hands thing, but I guess we'll see on that. I don't know. Um, yeah. So before we jumped on, we said we're just going to go 30 minutes because, uh, you're tired. You've had a busy work week. Mm -hmm. Um, sleep is very important for (laughs) two uh, days in, I'm exhausted. Hey, hey. (laughs) two days of work. That's a lot. Um, (laughs) sleep is important to, to, uh, guys like us. Uh, and I am tired because I, uh, I know the last thing people ever want to hear about is people talking about their kids, but you're about to hear me talking about my kids. It was my son's fifth birthday party today, and we had a socially distanced party yeah, outside um, with beer drinking involved, um, not for the five-year-olds, but for the adults. Um, so that's what I was doing. So I'm kind of tired, Kyle. So,
1: yeah.
0: Um, but we went well over our 30-minute limit. Um, we're approaching 40 minutes, so – should we go ahead and wrap up with Chirp of the Week, or do you have anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, we should definitely get to Chirp of the Week. Otherwise, we're just going to keep forgetting names of things. <laughs> I Christian
0: Yelich, uh, that's a bad one. <laughs> I'm with you, and, and I, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't have remembered it if you hadn't said it, I don't think.
1: Uh, if I would have said it, if I would have been in your position, I wouldn't have remembered his name. <laughs> this is, I, we've, we've been pretty lucky so far. All right, let's do it. So my – as i talked a little while ago uh, i've seen a lot of talk about the first 60 games of a season and how teams fared in the you know the the recent and the long forgotten past and i've also seen how teams have done in like their best 60 games or their worst 60 game stretches but what what i've been really curious and what i do not have the the, uh, the capacity to even begin to look up because i'm not savvy enough is how the Cardinals specifically fared uh, traditionally historically throughout their last 60 games of the season from like a year to year basis. Uh, That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see what the Cardinals uh, best last 60 game stretches in Cardinal history were. And I asked Alex to do that. And I believe uh, Alex has that information.
0: Yeah, I do. Um, and then I lost it, I think. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have written this down. Um, oh, that's a right, the so, yeah, so I remember a lot of this stuff off the top of my head. So, so that's good. Um, because <laughs> one of the first teams I looked at, because I wanted to look at some contemporary examples, um, the, uh, the 2015 team, if I recall, ended the season 35 and 25 their last 60 games, which makes sense, right? Cause if I recall that season, we were kind it kind of felt like they were holding on for dear life as the pirates and cubs were both streaking to catch up with them. Um, uh, yeah. but that was the first team I went to cause that was our last 101 team. Um, but so then I started just searching and going through and, and went all the way back and I, I hit 2004. So I was like, well, that sounds like a team that would have, uh, you know, ended the season very well. And they did, they, the 2004 Cardinals, Finished their last sixty games with a thirty-nine and twenty-one record, and that's even with losing five of their last seven. Um, and mm-hmm. let's not forget that that team started off that season, I believe twenty-two and twenty-one or twenty-three and twenty-two. One of those. So that that middle stretch from after that start until you know the last seven games when they lost five of seven, that team went crazy. Like, like no team has really gone crazy, um, I guess, since like – I feel like the Dodgers had one of those teams that kind of did that where they won like basically 40 out of 50 games at one point um, during this current stretch. But that's basically what the Cardinals, the 4 Cardinals did almost over the span of like 100 games. They were just so remarkable. Um, mm. But, yeah, the 30 – but that's not the – that is not the record. Um, it's not the contemporary record and it's not the – uh all time record uh, for the Cardinals' best sixty games uh, stretch to end their season. The two thousand one
1: Cardinals ended the season forty one and nineteen. Uh, do oh, you remember that? I, I don't remember them finishing that strong, but man, I, I remember how good that team got really quick.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I do too, and I, I remember um, the uh, the two thousand two Cardinals kind of did the same thing. Um, they you know, they, um, it still feels weird to talk about, but you know, they kind of came together after Daryl Kyle died. Um yeah. not necessarily because of that, but you know, that team really gelled, um, soon after s- s- late in that summer and they went 39 and 21 to, to end their season. Um, the, yeah. uh, the 2018 Cardinals, when Mike Schilt took over, they went 37. Remember when it looked like they had a chance that they are probably, they had a I think their playoff odds even rose above 50% at one point. Um, yeah. and then they kind of fell off. They went 37 and 23 to end their season. So they had a very six good, a 60 game stretch, but yes, the, uh, the, the best contemporary answer is the 2001 Cardinals who went 41 and 19 in their final 60 games. Now the all time record, um, and I don't know what it is about baseball reference when you go way back in the day. Um, because uh, Ben Godar had this problem when he did a chirp of the week, where the numbers just weren't adding up. But the 1942 Cardinals, um, they had listed in their last 60 games going 46 and 13. Um, now that adds up to 59. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could have taken an extra step to actually, because uh, I was using the, their new, uh, uh, whatever their I can't think of what it's called. called. Yeah, whatever the replacement is for the play index, I was using that. Um, I could have clicked on the actual season results and figured it out for myself. But either way, they either went 47 and 13 or 46 and 14 in their final 60 games. Either way, it's the best a Cardinals team has ever done in their final 60. That's the 1942 Cardinals. And yeah, 46 and 13 in their final 59 games. Um, what they were in their final 60, no one knows. Um, <laughs> I guess I could look it up, but that is the record.
1: Yeah, that is that that's amazing now uh, of the the modern or uh, the more relevant history the 01 Cardinals at 41 and 19 over their last 60 games mm-hmm. we'll go we'll go back to a Vegas prop bet that isn't an actual Vegas prop bet okay do, do you see any team in baseball in the 2020 pandemic shortened season going 41 and 19.
0: I don't, only because I feel as though every team is going to begin the season feeling like they have a shot at this thing. And so it's going to be even a little
1: more, it's going to be a little more competitive than normal. Does that? I think you're right. I agree. Okay. Yeah. I I think, I think we'll be lucky, maybe not lucky, but I think, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 40 and 20, 20 games over uh, 500, even that seems like a push, you know, I, I, I think, you know, you're talking about maybe the the team that, that, you know, somebody being 15 games over or something like that. Like that, that's, that's my guess, you know, something like that, but that, that would be amazing if somebody did go 41 and 19.
0: I think the Dodgers on paper are probably the best team. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we forget that they have Mookie Betts, Um, you have to think the Dodgers were really pushing to get some sort of season
1: out of this
0: since they have Mookie Betts for a year. I, and I'd like to return to this when it's all said and done, I see them winning 38 to 39 games.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good call.
0: And, and I think that will be, uh, and I think that they'll be the best team that said, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen. You know, a team could go 43 and 17 and that would be a blast. Um, a team could go thirty-one and twenty-nine and win the World Series. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is going to be this is going to be something. I don't know. Um, I, I will say this as we're about to embark on this new season: embrace it. Uh, don't feel bad about um, if the Cardinals are lucky enough to win the World Series. Do not feel bad about that. In fact, feel as good about it as you possibly can. Because uh, yeah. I, as I told Tara, I think I think it was Tara I was talking to when I said, you know, the only thing worse than winning a world series during a complete farce of a season is not winning a world series during yeah. a complete farce of the season. So, you might as well win it. I couldn't say it any better. I'm I'm excited for baseball. Me too, man. It's nice to have it back. It's nice to talk to you, Kyle. Oh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I f- always feel
1: privileged to be a part of this in any capacity.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on even though I know you're tired, but uh what uh, you know, I I obviously we can find you on Twitter, but do you have a uh do we have a prospects after dark coming up soon, or what, what's in store for uh, Kyle Reese fans out there? What kind, of, <laughs> what kind of stuff are you throwing our way?
1: Mostly disasters, <laughs> just just a disaster. No, I think um, so. I am on call at work this week, which makes prospects after dark a, a, a little dicey. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. try to get somebody to cover my duty on Sunday night. I, I'd like to go back to doing prospects after dark uh, on a on a somewhat regular basis on the weekend. Uh, I'd like for it to be Friday, but that's tough because a lot of cardinal games are Friday night. Um, so uh, my my hope is that we get back to some type of normal eight o'clock central uh, on Sunday prospects after dark. But uh, and then, you know, when we can on Fridays or Saturday night, try to make it one of those two nights. But, you know, you talk about getting old and getting tired and celebrating birthdays and everything. And it's like I'm at the point where if I drink too much, like, I don't drink at all during Sat or Sunday. Prospects after dark at all. Uh, during the day, I don't only drink when Prospects after dark gets fired up. And by the end of Prospects after dark, to to rally and get myself together, and then that Monday morning at work is brutal. It is. It's gotten brutal. It was not like that, but in the recent my my recent couple months or whatever, when we've done Prospects after dark on a Sunday, uh, it's been absolutely brutal getting up and going to my you know full time construction job. So I, uh, I, I, we're going to have to keep it pretty fluid and figure it out from there. But, yeah, as baseball fires up, my hope is that we can get back to doing Prospects After Dark somewhat regularly as we have actual real things to talk about.
0: Well, I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but as someone who's a few years older than you, I, mm-hmm. I regret to inform you that feeling bad, that, that feeling bad thing after drinking, that that is not going to reverse itself. <laughs> it's, only to, it's only going to get worse. Um, As you get older. But no, that is awesome. Uh, If you've never tuned in to Prospects After Dark, uh, you need to do that. It is a wild ride. Um, Everyone has a good time during Prospects After Dark. Kyle, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciated it, especially kind of on the short notice. And uh, next time you hear from us, there will be actual Cardinals games. uh, Cross your fingers to talk about, discuss, analyze, whatever. Um, I'm Alex Casafoli. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next week, signing off.